0: Welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. I have the honor of having Dr. Wendy Trevaux, who is a functional medicine gynecologist and toxin expert as my guest today. Dr. Travot is very passionate about helping people understand what their bodies have been trying to tell them and eliminating the invasive toxins responsible for their chronic conditions. She is also co author of Dirty Girl, Ditch the Toxins, Look Great and Feel Freaking Amazing, and has been regularly featured on Mind Body Green.
1: Thank you, Dr. Travot, for joining me today. Call me Wendy. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on. I was going to welcome you to your own show, but obviously we're going to welcome (laughs) me to your show. Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, I'm really excited about this conversation because it's so true, you know, on a day to day basis, especially when I'm seeing patients and some of their physical symptoms that they are having. And, you know, parents today they want answers they want to know what is it and anywhere i love the mind body green because concept because i do believe there's such a correlation between our mind and body 100% but also what we expose ourselves whether it's our skin whether it's what we breathe whether mm-hmm. it's you know spray on our bodies and if absolutely what we eat and, uh, you know, we're learning more and more, I think, as practitioners and also as consumers, which are our families and patients, that uh, our gut health especially is really making a difference in the way that we're feeling. As an MD as well and practitioner who is now in functional, who is a functional medicine practitioner, I'd love to hear About your journey going from one form of practice to the practice of functional medicine, which I am finding more and more interesting and really discussing. My, with my patients, more that root cause versus just putting a band aid or trying to fix the symptoms. Really getting to the heart of what are the what is causing the symptoms. So then, then we can start to talk about how to feel better.
1: Right. I mean, we didn't go to med school to be pharmacologists. We went to med school to fix the problem, and instead, what we got was essentially a degree in pharmacology, which when it first started was really cool, but isn't actually fixing the problem. So I, I do agree with you that there's a, there's a gap and there's an opportunity for us. So, I mean, I'm classically trained. I did my medical degree at Tufts in Boston. I also got my MBA through Tufts and I graduated. We were the Moose because we graduated M-O-O, medical 2000. So they called us the Moose. And you know, I have a history of trying to do the hardest thing. So I, instead of going into family practice or pediatrics, which would have given me a normal life, I went into ob And I actually swore I would never be an OBGYN because my dad's an OB. And I was like, never. Mm-hmm. In fact, I asked the dean when I got into med school. So look, I'm never... I, I, I scheduled a meeting with her and I said, so I'm never going to go into surgical subspecialty. How about instead of doing third year rotations with surgery and uh, all this stuff and OB, how about I just do pediatrics and internal medicine? She goes, it's just, thanks, Wendy. That's just not how it works. here. <laughs> and That's so crazy. I did the regular rotation, but I put OB at the end because I was clear I was never going to be an OB. And then I delivered a baby and Aww. I was like a junkie hooked. I was totally hooked. And, uh, so I went into OB and I was practiced and it practically killed me because mm-hmm. one of the things that they don't talk to you in medical school about is what's your constitution? Are you strong and hearty, or are you kind of on the sensitive side? And I'm on the sensitive side. So I should never have been an OBGYN. I am not constitutionally arranged to be awake for 36 hours and still yes. be a human. And in fact, during residency, I, I I know exactly when I went from having irritable bowel to celiac because I went off the cliff. But because I was in residency, I never went to the doctor. So Worse. I graduated residency, practiced for five years, and then my mess became my message. I, I was diagnosed with celiac when I was 35. I was a couple years into my practice. And um, I was diagnosed by a functional medicine doctor. And that was I was married to a doctor who was interested in functional medicine, but it, you know, it's just like a hobby my husband did. <laughs> it's just like his thing, right? And then His mentor diagnosed me with celiac when I was 35. And you you know, you can't unsee it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Mm -hmm. And so a few more years go by and my husband has opened his own functional medicine practice and I'm now sending him patients who I can't help, which is the epitome of irksome because (laughs) like, why shouldn't I be? Literally the first sentence I ever spoke was, I want to do it. So, That was my first sentence as as a child, you know, when I was like two or something. And and so I wanted to be able to do for them. And I, I vividly remember this patient who had... Uh, she, it, we called it Vaginitis Fridays in our practice because Friday would roll around and that that ear that itch that you had dealt with for weeks suddenly got a lot more prevalent because your partner or your boyfriend, your spouse, or whatever was coming home and you wanted to be active and you couldn't because things were not okay south of the border. So Vaginitis yeah. Fridays, people call with urgent issues that they've been dealing with, and this woman kept coming in, and I'm like, finally, I said to her, "I don't think I can help you, honestly." I've treated you like six times and it's not going away. So I actually think that you have a gluten issue. Why don't you go see my husband? I really can't do anything about it here. Why don't you go see my husband? She was so funny. She was off the boat from Ireland and she looked at me. She goes, hmm, beer or sex? I'll think about it. (laughs) But she went to see my husband and he diagnosed her with celiac. And it was at that moment where I was like, I should be doing that. You know, there's a lot of people with good hands who can do surgery. There's not a lot of people who are just crazy good with diagnostics and sleuthing and figuring it out. And I was like, that's where I need to be. So um, my husband had opened up the functional medicine practice, and and over Thanksgiving one year, I, I woke up one morning. I was I knew I, I I remember it because I was having my high school reunion, and I told everyone at the high school reunion, I'm leaving my job on Monday. I'm going to work in the functional medicine practice. So I did. I gave notice on Monday, found out I was pregnant with our third child on Tuesday, had that like, oh my God, what have I done moment? Yes. And uh, left anyway, because I just felt like this is what I'm supposed to do. And my husband's like, we'll figure it out. I said, but we don't even have health insurance. Like we have, it's a startup. You're not getting a, sal- a salary. We're, we're like, he's like, it'll work out. And it always yeah. does. So it did. And I, that was my entry into functional medicine and I really never looked back. And then my entry into toxins work was again because I hit the skids when I was 48 and got a massive toxic exposure that actually caught the world's attention. But at the time, at the moment, it didn't. But I got a massive toxic exposure and went off the cliff. I lost a ton of hair. I gained weight. Uh, my brain didn't work. I had a rash. I had fatigue. And anyone who has what I had Instantly thinks my thyroid is off, right? Like, that's what I was just worried. thinking that. Yes, yeah. that right. Your thyroid was off. And how many people said that your numbers were? Yeah, of course, your numbers will,
0: were probably normal,
1: you they know. They were and, perfect. Yes. They had never been that perfect. Honestly, Sarah, I was like, these are amazing. Yeah. And, um, then I started to sleuth it out, you know, in functional medicine, all disease starts in the gut. So first I checked my hormones after, before I checked my gut, because who wants to do a stool test? But that was, my my thyroid was good, my hormones were good. So I'm like, oh, God, I got to check my stool test. That was good. And then I uh, came across this article that showed that when Notre Dame burned, it released almost 500 tons of lead dust into the air. And if you were around Notre Dame after it burned, you got a lead exposure. I was in France the week after it burned and really? I got sick the month after I came home. Yeah.
0: And that's not something led, I mean in my world as a pediatrician were, you know, led especially in the younger age group, but when we talk about the older age group and adults, that's not something that would come to my mind right right, right away for sure. Right.
1: And that's why I was lucky that it caught the world's attention because it w- it was It took like three months before that data started coming out. But then when it came out, I instantaneously knew like, oh, I have a thing to figure out here. And when I checked my levels, my lead levels were 25% higher than they had been in the past. And they were clinically relevant, right? Not just that they were higher, but I was sick and they were out of range. So that started me on this path. And so... Uh, you know, you know, all those things that you go to the doctor for and they just say to you, well, you're you know, you're a pediatrician, so you see the kids, but typically the women who sit in my office, they go to a million doctors and they're they're like, I don't feel well, I have fatigue, weight gain, headaches, low sex drive, poor energy, gut issues, irritable bowel, constipation. And they're just told, well, you're getting older. And my response is, no, you're not getting older. You're getting more toxic, and that's making you sick. But the mere fact of getting older doesn't make you sick. And it's not the I, link.
0: I love that you're sharing that because, uh, you know, there's a lot of parents that are listening today, and I know for me, when I'm, you know, I get frustrated when, you know, especially as soon as I hear, you know, patients coming in with abdominal pain, you know, I I start to panic a little bit because it's so, you know, it's so hard and you know to really pinpoint and especially. But what I find is a lot of parents are like, well, this, these, I'm, I'm experiencing the same symptoms. Right. And so I would love to, to really focus on really our parents and how to help them because I have, I, I believe that it trickles down and you know, what habits and, and what lifestyle we see in the families is what's going on in the kids. So by, I always say by helping ourselves, we're helping our kids as well. And you're right. It's, it's you know, people are automatically, well, you know, it's just, this is what happens when you get older and your hormones change. And yes, there's probably some reliability to that too. But many times, like you said, the labs are normal. And then it's trying to figure out, okay, what it is. Um, and we don't think about what, Exposure we have, which we're probably exposed to over a hundred things on a regular basis.
1: Try it, like ten thousand. It's <laughs> crazy. And if you think about it, Sarah, newborns—they've done studies on newborn cord blood and shown that newborns have anywhere from hundred to three hundred chemicals in the umbilical cord blood. So when in and and when women are pregnant, fifty percent of the toxins in their body are passed through. Pregnancy is a detox event for women and a tox up event for the little people. And so by the time you're born, you've gotten 50% of where your mom has. And then if you nurse, if the woman nurses the baby, she continues to detox. I highly recommend nursing. I nursed all my kids. And if you have toxins, they're coming into the breast milk. So you never want to do any intentional detox when you're pregnant or nursing because you're already detoxing on, on, on its own. And so uh yeah, we were exposed to by the time you sit down for work, whether you leave the home or not, an average human's been exposed to about 250 chemicals based wow. on how um, I know. It's horrifying.
0: And and some of those are things that we're doing on a regular daily basis. Yes. You know, like I mentioned our skincare, our diet. Mm-hmm. And some of those may be things that we're not aware in regards to our environment. But I I appreciate the fact that you mentioned that about pregnancy and exposures as you know, and the detoxification, I've really never heard of it that way, but it makes perfect sense. And now more and more, we're doing studies to show, okay, if if the baby in utero is exposed in this way or the mother is experiencing this you know there's greater likelihood for things like you know diabetes and even asthma and and other medical and and gut abnormalities and i think and i'm i'm glad that we're becoming more aware and those that are scientists are also getting on board to realizing that this is a real thing and uh and we need to you know take a look at it because we can't continue to ignore it for sure.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think that's really for kids, for parents of kids, what's really pertinent is you expect that baby to be a blank slate. Mm -hmm. And, And in functional medicine, we talk about the rain barrel impact. So you're Your health is, and your body is like a rain barrel, and the emptier it is, the less symptoms you have. And as you fill up your rain barrel with stressors and food and alcohol and sugar and lack of sleep and perhaps genetic issues and toxic exposures and more toxic exposures, your rain barrel gets full. And you have symptoms when it overflows. The overflowing is the representation of those symptoms that you get, like anything head to toe. And so we expect little people to be a blank slate, but they're not because they already start life with half of what their mom had. So I was born to a woman who was born in 1944. And in 1944, there was lead in the paint, the pipes, and the gasoline. Mm -hmm. And so she has extremely high body burden of lead, and I got lead from her. And then let's pile it on because I had mercury fillings, and she had mercury fillings, And then we pile on that as a child, I had pneumonia. So I got antibiotics. And then I had food sensitivities, which leads to leaky gut, which means the lining of my gut was open and food particles were coming through. So I developed irritable bowel and asthma and brain fog. And, you know, it starts to pile on and it's very subtle. It's not, you know, people think about, okay, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, I'm healthy. And bam! Bam! now I go off the cliff. It's not Mm -hmm. like that. It's I'm healthy and I have a little bit of dysfunction and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and then bam, I get a diagnosis. But you were sick long before you got that diagnosis. You just didn't know what was going on. And because it's pretty subtle for most of us, we just slowly decline. And so I think the opportunity for kids is how do we intervene in a way that we don't repeat the family illnesses with our children. There's no reason for them to get all the things that everyone else gets, but they are getting them and they're getting them at a much younger age. You know, so I agree. Child, it's crazy.
0: It is. And, and I say to my families a lot, I, like you were saying how it's subtle. I also feel that they get used to how they're feeling. And so feeling for yeah. lack of a better term You know, feeling kind of crappy every day is just that—that's who I am. That's how I feel, and it doesn't need to be that way. And I love seeing patients that are like, "Wow, I didn't know I could feel so much better." And it—it sometimes it takes some big changes. Sometimes it takes some small changes. But I love that your—you know—mission and your passion is not to repeat, continuing to repeat those those patterns. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's just going to continue trickling down, as we mentioned, into next generation and and so on. So what is the first step you take when you start working with a client, a patient in trying to discover? what it is that they could potentially be exposed to. I'm sure it's easy in some situations based on their environment where they live and so on. But in some cases it, it's not so apparent.
1: That's really interesting, Sarah. So I think my family teases me when I go to the grocery store, I go systematically through the aisles because I'm very A to B uh, and, and, and that's very helpful to me. And you can't always be A to B when you're looking at humans because they're not linear. So, Mm -hmm. so when I'm evaluating someone, what I'm looking at is tell me what's going on for you. And if you don't tell me what's going on with your brain function, your sleep, your mood, your gut, and your relationship with others and obviously for children we're not talking about sex drive but for adults your sex drive is a barometer for how's your health if you don't have a sex drive either your relationship's not intact or your health isn't intact Mm -hmm. so there's an opportunity there so and how are your periods for women so i'm looking at everything about you all the data points and what i'm and and what i'm listening for is so our model is there's your physical body that's your bones muscles ligaments posture exercise Then there's your chemistry. That is what you think of in functional medicine, like your adrenal health, your gut health, your minerals, nutrients, hormones, toxins. Then your emotional health. That's your relationship to yourself. You know, we're so hard on ourselves. Then there's the social health. That's where do you fit in the fabric of the community? And then there's your spiritual. Why are you here? What's your legacy? What is the purpose that you're on this earth for? That's your health. So we're listening in our practice for what's out of whack. People generally need to work on two to three to tilt the scales towards health. And so I spend a lot of time listening for where's the gap and what do I impact. So, and then and then mapping it onto in round one. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. We're not gonna fix everything in a day. Round That's one right. looks at your minerals, nutrients, hormones, gut health, adrenal health, liver health. And then once we—that's the foundations, right? That along with your movement, your food, your sleep, uh, your stress, your exercise, and your gut function—that's that's your foundations. And then once we optimize that, there's either there's only two things that can happen: either you go, "Thanks, doc, I'm amazing." see in six months, right? Which is, I don't know, 10, 20% of people because environmental toxicants and and exposures is so profound for most of us, you know, we're exposed to thousands every day. And so most people have a component of their health that what they'll return in their visit and say, you know, I feel a lot better, but I still think there's a gap Mm -hmm. or there's still an opportunity. And Or there's still things that are out of whack. And so if that's the case, then we go on to step two, which is the toxins work. What heavy metals do you have? What mycotoxins do you have? What environmental toxins do you have? Do you have a toxin in the form of a family member who's messing up your health or a job or a relationship? So we're really looking for all of the things that can impact your health. And that's how we work through it. And we just systematically keep chipping away until someone goes, I feel freaking amazing. And like, okay, we've made it. Now you're in the boring part of recovery and you just have to wash, rinse, repeat every day. Don't fall off the wagon and don't dive off the wagon either. Just stay on the wagon.
0: Yes. It sounds like almost, I would use the word remission. You know, you get to that point where they're in remission and then it's maintenance, you know, Mm -hmm. being able to maintain, how do you find, and I don't this came to mind, you know, and I love having conversation that just kind of goes from one place to the other, but do you find like in a situation where maybe somebody is willing to take those steps to really go through the Mm -hmm. process? But there's always someone in the family or someone, you know, that they know, a friend or somebody who is like, you know, what are you doing? Like, this isn't, and i you know, my husband deals with this, he's in finance and, you know, there's always somebody that has an opinion, you know, there's a friend, there's a, I find the same thing, even in my own health, you know. One doctor is saying this, one doctor is saying that. A friend has a comment about it too. Do you, do you, how do you manage when patients come to you and say, I'm really not getting the support I need in making these changes? Because I'm sure it happens.
1: It definitely happens. I mean, I'm really, I would say blessed or for, I'd say fortunate that the majority of women I work with women make the decisions for their family mm-hmm. the majority of time. And so I'm very fortunate that I work with the decision makers most of the time. And then it's about working with them. So it's not so much that there's an external force on them saying, don't do that, you're wrong, you're silly. There's not as much oh. of that because the proof is in the pudding. They feel better. Yeah. However, I I will say that, I think if you're female, you fall into the category of an underserved human. And if you're a female with children, you fall into the category of marginalized. So uh, because, you know, you're going to put, you're going to take care of everyone at the expense of yourself until your kids are older. And so the challenge that I really find with women is that they, I would say to them, if your partner or spouse had the challenges you had have, you would go out of your way to change the way the family eats. And I would, I would even say that you're probably going to change the way everyone eats so that nobody's left out. But when it's you, you're the one cooking three meals to -hmm. accommodate for everyone. And then you don't have time to cook for yourself. So a lot of what we're working on is how do you set boundaries and treat yourself like you would treat others? right it's not the yes. bible it's not treat others like you want to be treated that's basically the bible in a nutshell it's it's given how you're treating others what is it going to take to do that for yourself because it's so impactful and if you're a mother of children the we we ran this program sarah and the mother was determined to do the program. And it's called feel freaking amazing. We run it quarterly. So she joins this program. And there's a lot of emphasis on food, because we say you are what you eat.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: she she gets into the program, she transforms how she eats. And she just has this epiphany, like, mm, I'm not cooking six meals, you're going to eat what I eat. So she does this for her family and she said to us not only is my irritable bowel gone and my bloating's gone and I've lost 15 pounds but my kids irritable bowel is gone. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a lot of power in transformation and so when people get a sense of that it's very again it's hard to unsee when you have a sense of how good you could feel and you don't maintain it it's painful. So people often want to get back on track. So it's it's not although I will say that physicians are often the troublemakers that they'll say, why are you doing those supplements? That's so stupid. Or why don't you need to eat yogurt so that you can get your calcium? I'm like, no, you don't. You know, it's just, it's not true. Some of the things that we've been fed and learned in med school aren't true, but we act like they're true. As opposed to saying, "Well, you know, I'm a steward and and I'm in process, and maybe there's data that I don't know." So doctors are often the hardest challenge, where they they really denigrate what patients are doing, and it and it it drives me nuts, nuts. It's not right. And I,
0: and I think that is because of, like you said, lack of knowledge. Yeah. You know that um, because, and I saw this with my parents as they were getting older. You know the list of medications that they were on. And, you know, my, I'm grateful my mom lived to be 85, but I will tell you, my mother-in-law, she is 90 years old. She is doing awesome. Hey, Ruth, if you're listening. And she is not on any medications Isn't that amazing? Like she went to the doctor one time and the doctor thought maybe she had a little bit of dementia when she said, but she is sharp as a tack. Talk about her mind is Mm -hmm. there. She, you would never know that she's 90 years old. And it is unbelievable to me that she's gone her whole life without doing that. So I asked her, I said, what's the secret? And she really attributes it to diet. She'll also attribute it to seeds, which I'd love your opinion on that. But she would create in the morning, you know, a smoothie, you know, some, some sort and put in, you know, different uh, combination of seeds, you know, chia seeds and flax seeds and, and so on. And she just says, you know, I really believe I felt I felt good all my life and, um, and, and that makes such a difference. So we know that you don't need to be on 10 medications to necessarily live a long life and feel better. And I I think that thankfully people are becoming more and more aware of that. And, uh, but at the same time, it's funny because I myself am taking some supplements, And, you know, I've always been kind of a less is more, not just in in my personal life, but also my professional life. But, and so it's funny because now I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I'm thinking, wow, I feel like I'm taking a lot of things, but this isn't, these are not, um, this is not medication. So I love I, I, gosh, there's two directions I want to go. I'd like to talk about what are the common toxins. You know, you mentioned lead, which I think in many cases is hidden in so many places. And it's something that I've spent a lot of my time in practice. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but there is this particular pouch of food that is coming from um, a manufacturer. And they found a lot of lead in in this processed food and so we know that it can be hidden in so many places like like processed foods of course we know about lead paint but toys I remember there was something came out you know kids are always mouthing toys in certain clothing in shoes we don't think about our shoes too and so I'd love to hear a little bit about what are the the toxins that you primarily like to look for and then also your thoughts about supplementation and and what you find are like maybe your top ones that like everybody should really be focusing
1: on and doing. Let's do that one first cuz that's super easy. You know, I okay. think if you live on this earth, I live in the northeast, so it's not sunny and warm for at least half of the year. Even with global warming, it's not that nice <laughs> here. So I generally say most people, there for every rule, there's an I, exception. I get it. I get it. For most people, they're going to do well with a B-complex that's activated, meaning it's methylated, it's ready for your body to use. You don't have to do any work. Okay. And the uh, next one would be vitamin D, because mm-hmm. most of us are vitamin D deficient. And vitamin D is not a vitamin. It's actually a hormone. And it regulates your immune health, your bone health, your brain health or your mood, and your gut health. So it's critical for a ton of things that are going on in your body. And then uh, fish oil. So th- Those three things make up a nice little kind of triad of foundational work. And then most people need support with gut health, so uh, probiotics if they need it, or, f- or fermented foods if you don't want to take a supplement. So that's easy. That's kind of the, here's what's the basics for most people. ABC, yes.
0: <laughs> and the B-complex, is that. Is that something they're going to be looking for on a label in regards to when they say it's, I think you. I want to make methylated. sure I clear, methylated, yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, when you look at it... It'll it'll say methyl cobalamin or it'll say methyl tetrahydrofolate. It'll have these long words. You'll go, what is that? That means mm-hmm. it's activated. Cyanocobalamin is not activated. Your body has to change it. And if okay. you're one of the 40% of people who have uh, impairments and how you activate your your B vitamins, you're not going to be able to properly methylate it. So okay. you want it already methylated. Uh, most of the physician brands, so the the restricted brands, not the Amazon brands. I don't recommend that you get supplements off Amazon, largely because they're not in temperature controlled warehouses. They're they are often bootlegged, so you don't get what you think you're getting. So I would it's, recommend going to a reliable source. That's what I'm not brand conscious except for supplements. Okay,
0: no, I love that. And uh, so methylated B complex, vitamin D, which I will say. If I'm testing anyone with vitamin D, I I would go as far as almost everybody is deficient in in vitamin D. And I I most I'm in the Midwest, the Upper Midwest, and so it's I mean we get sun maybe three months a year, (laughs) so um, I get it. And even just like I remember a patient of mine, she was having some joint pains, and uh, we did her vitamin D, we corrected it, and Bam, she felt so much better, you know. And it was like, you know, before we got into, you know, oh my gosh, you know, is there arthritis? Is there overuse injury? Whatever. And so it, it's amazing how just something so simple can make a big difference. And then you said um, fish oil as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So those would be the three. And that's not detox. B vitamins are great for detox, but this is more just foundational. How do you keep your body in the right place? Okay. And then let's going back to your other part of the question. Uh, I'm really looking at everything. So it can feel a little bit overwhelming. So let's chunk it out. So there's three buckets. First bucket is heavy metals. The ones okay. that we pay attention to, arsenic, largely found in rice, mm-hmm. but it's also found in rat poison. So if you have a kid who's on the floor and the, you have a arsenic rat poison, you're, you can have an exposure. Uh, lead because 10 million homes in the United States still have lead pipes. Look at Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. So lead is tremendous. Mercury, because even though they're no longer putting in mercury fillings, if you there's a lot of things that lead to mercury. So mercury is uh, sequestered or, or, or pulled out of the environment by pine needle trees, which mm. is amazing. But when those pine needle trees burn they release the mercury back into the environment. And so if you're in an area that had a lot of wildfires, the mercury is a heavy metal and it will fall. So you can have crops that are contaminated. You can have groundwater that's contaminated, fish or have a lot of mercury in it. And so you get you get exposure in these random ways and don't forget all of these you get 50% of whatever your mom had. So if your mom was like me in my generation, and we had mercury fillings, and we got it from our mom, our mums, then it just keeps passing along. Okay. And then the last would be cadmium, which you get from west coast oysters, batteries, tobacco smoke. Uh, my mom was looking up, found that some some instant coffee has cadmium and lead. So coffee can be pretty nasty depending on where you get it from. So, so that's one bucket. Let me pause there. Do you want to talk about that at all? Or should I go on the other buckets? No, I agree. And
0: I'm wondering where does like molds fit in? Because when you're talking about coffee, the first thing that came to my mind was, was mold. So yes, maybe that's, that's, the, that's one of the other
1: bucket. Okay. <laughs> that's the next that bucket. Segues into it. Perfect. Thank, thanks for setting me up, Sarah. So, okay. <laughs> so 50% of buildings one out of every two buildings in America has water damage. So it's statistically impossible to get from birth to death without getting a mold exposure because there's your home, your school, your dorm, your work, your car. Nobody stays in the same job anymore. So anytime you get a new job, you get a new exposure potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, mold Mycotoxins are the toxins that mold puts out when it's in your body and it it's nasty. So we're looking at that and there's tons of them, but we're looking at those, but also foods are contaminated with mold. And there's some pretty big mm, culprits, I'll say. So coffee, you named one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Grains are universally contaminated, partly because they, you know, they're all piled up and they get moldy. Uh, even though yeah, they're, they're sprayed with glyphosate, air. they're sprayed with glyphosate to dry them out. But even so, they get moldy. So, grains, uh, oats, wheat, anything that's a grain is is pretty traditionally moldy. Uh, wines can be moldy. Mm-hmm. Cereals, processed food, food made with those those grains can be moldy, and that can make you extremely sick. So that's the second bucket. And then the third bucket is all the other stuff. So yes. that's everything from your uh, air and water quality to exposure to plastics and endocrine disruptors to EMFs to toxic humans, to the flame retardants in your bed to the gasoline fume if you drive a gas car mm-hmm. it's It's really kind of everything and And I just want to make sure the listeners are understanding that this is not about some things are about, yes, we don't want any exposure to heavy metals. But some things in that other category, for example, I'm sitting on a vegan leather chair in my pantyhose that are nylon and plastic synthetic, right? I have pantyhose on and I'm not wearing linen. I'm wearing a blended material Mm -hmm. and my vegan leather chair is plastic and my microphone is metal here, but plastic here. And Mm -hmm. my mouse is plastic and my keyboard is plastic and I have all these lights on and they have EMFs. So it's not about perfection at all. What it's about is how do we systematically decrease as many exposures as we can so that our bodies can do the rest? Because our bodies were designed to do this. They just weren't designed to do it at the level that we're Mm -hmm. asking them to do it at. We're getting deluged. Yeah. So what I hear, oh,
0: I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're fine. That was perfect. What I was going to say is what I hear you saying is that I don't cuz sometimes I hear this and I'm like I'm never leaving my house, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not eating anything else, you know, whatever, blah blah blah. But that's not the point. The what it's i hear, Not you, that's not the solution. That's no. not the solution. And and everybody's different, so I would imagine, but what it is is that and yes, our bodies the work We are amazing the way that the body works. And so it's really pinpointing what their exposure is and the symptoms that they're having so that that we can say, okay, this is what we need to work on and how do you feel? you know, and, and go from there because it's it's making things better. I'm sure mm-hmm. that it's, it's very hard to achieve perfection unless you literally live in a bubble, which is no way
1: to live for sure. There's no perfection. No, there's no perfection. It's really how do you balance it out so that your body can deal with it? There's no perfection. Gosh, we went to Peru a year ago. I felt like I was going to hell, Sarah, because we... Drank from plastic water bottles. It was Ugh. extremely polluted. Even though you would think in a third world country, it's literally a third world country. Nobody drinks the water because the water systems are, are not not clean. They don't have water filtration systems. We all drank from these plastic water bottles. It's polluted. And you would think in this country that had no money that they would have organic produce. Nope. Everything is sprayed up to your eyeballs it sprayed. So, you know, normally at home we eat organic, we eat grass-fed beef. We don't drink from plastic single-use water bottles. We don't have pollution the way they have there. So when I came back from there, I was like, I've gone to hell. I am so sick. I was so mm-hmm. sick there, partly because I got a gluten exposure and then I got traveler's diarrhea and then I got altitude oh, sickness no. and then I got COVID. But on top of it, I had all these chemicals in my body. Oh, so. No you know, and then, and then I came home and I spent time in the sauna and I did up some salt soaks and I ate really clean, but it's never about perfection. Perfection's not the goal. Adequacy is the goal. And I don't mean to sound like a defeatist, but you're never going to get to perfect and it's going to make you stressed. So don't aim for perfect aim for what can I do today? That's going to improve my health compared to what I did yesterday. That's all. It's just about improving the game and leveling up as you go. Yes, I love that because I would
0: imagine stress is part of that other bucket. Yes, you know, time. um, we know about cortisol and you know, and and so on. And uh and you know, stress is just I, I think about, you know, people that I know who I hate to say it like this, that have died young, you know, people I've been close to. And I think to myself, they those were people that I knew were in, under a lot of stress, and uh, and so yes, we don't we don't want to stress about it. We just want to make it better. That's been my my motto. Is it's um, this change and lifestyle is to be better, not perfect. Because yeah. as you say, it's it's nearly you know it's it's impossible. But we can find out what are the things that our body cannot manage and everybody's different and then go from there. So so what's the, what is, what is, so we talked a little bit about supplements and appreciate that and the different buckets. And I I feel like you and I could, and I always feel this way with my guests (laughs) that we could talk for hours. I want to really leave this discussion and I'd love to have you back someday. What what are the main take-home messages you want our parents, our families to not just remember from this, that what we've talked about already, but also maybe some things that we haven't mentioned? I know
1: that's a loaded question. (laughs) It's a really huge question. So I think I think the most important thing is that, one, you're meant to be vital, vibrant, healthy, alive, able and interested in intimacy till you're at least 100. Mm -hmm. And every decade is meant to get better than the one before. So basically, you're either on that path or you're not on that path. And you know if you're on that path and you know if you're not on that path. So if you're not on that path, then the question is, what's going to get you back on track? Right, and as the mother of children, you know I have teenagers, and I have we call them the pigs because one day I called them the bigs, and my kid said, "We have pigs." I said, <laughs> "No, we were talking about you, the bigs." I have two older, and then I have two younger, whom we call the littles. Mm-hmm. The older two, I have a nineteen-year-old and a seventeen-year-old. The nineteen-year-old's at college. I'm totally not involved in what they eat. And when they bring stuff home, as long as we have a gluten-free home, so as long as it doesn't have gluten, I'm like, look, you know the impact and you know the harm. And at some point, you have to walk your own path. So you're going to learn the hard way. You say to me, why is my skin so bad and why am I gaining weight and why is my hair falling out? I'm like, well, look what you're eating. Mm -hmm. That Your body doesn't like that food. So I never make it a moral conversation, though you're not bad for eating it. You're human. Everybody eats it. So it's just... It's either you're on the path or you're not on the path. So so the question really is, what do you need to do to get back on the path? And how do you do it as a family so that nobody's left out? Because certainly kids who are told you can't eat that, but we can eat that, that doesn't feel very good. And you wouldn't no. like that. You wouldn't like to be excluded. So whenever you do something to level up and clean up and get less toxic, do it as a family, as a unit, as opposed to singling someone out like you can't have that because you have bad genes. No, we're just as a family, we're going to clean this up. Uh, and then the second part of your question, I've already forgotten because I got so hooked by the "How do you do this as a family?"
0: Yes, I was just saying take-home points that mm. maybe we've mentioned already, or maybe there's something that you really feel is important to also
1: know. Yeah, I think it's really important to highlight if you're if you're considering another pregnancy, and mm-hmm. like you already have kids but you're considering more and you have some runway, right? Like, you know, if you're 42, you don't have any runway, just just get pregnant. But if you're 30, you have some runway. That would be a great opportunity. Meaning you have time left in your fertility to get healthy and still have a baby or two or three. Mm -hmm. And so that would be a great opportunity to take a pause and go see a functional medicine doctor and work on your toxins. You have to see a, a senior functional medicine doctor who's because not everyone does it. So see someone who can help you clean out your body so that you're you're still going to give 50% of what you have to the baby, but it will be 50% of a smaller net, right? 50% of 10 is less than 50% of 100. Right. So see what you can do to clean it up. And it would be important to, usually you need like a year to two years of runway. So if you're, if you don't have the runway, ignore everything I just said and just go have a baby. But if you have the runway, you know, use it so that you can get your body burdened down. So you don't give that to the baby so that they don't have a, a rain barrel that started to be filled before they're born. That's what I'm saying.
0: And I love that comment that you made about being on the right path. You know, you, we always see those memes, you know, it it sucks to be old, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, people are like, oh, you know, I'm turning 50. I'm turning 60. I have a friend who just turned 70. To me, I celebrate, you know, every year because it's better than the alternative. But I also, that's my why, like you mentioned is I want to be vital. I want to be present. I want to be there for others. I want to, um, You know, as my I have one grandchild now and as I have, I want to be able to play, not be tired, not to have like hip pain or knee pain because I can't I can't, uh, you know, run with them and play with them and and do the things. So it, it is it's okay to tell yourself that, yes, age is an option, but feeling old is I mean, age is something we don't have an option for, but feeling old, that's something we have an option about. We can yeah. change the way that yeah. we are feeling. And I really appreciate everything that uh, that we talked about. it's it's so exciting. i I myself feel a lot of energy to. Um, I am listening to what things you've said, and I'm sure that our, our, um, listeners are feeling the same way. They might be checking some boxes and saying, yep, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. But now, okay, this is, this is kind of some, some steps I need to take, uh, to, to even feel better. And again, not perfection, just better.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Keep improving. You're here. You might as well. (laughs) well thank you so much i really appreciate it i
0: want to tell everybody that your contact information is going to be in the show notes but if you would please just share for those listening how can they follow you um in your journey how can they learn more and
1: uh especially about your book sure i'm active on social media it's at wendy troubo md both on instagram and facebook and um to get, We have a free gift for the listeners, which is at drwendy.com forward slash gift. And then the book, you can get it on the Dr. Wendy site, or you can get it from, we refer to it as my boyfriend, which is otherwise known as Amazon, because it is on <laughs> Prime Delivery. And uh, if you're going to get the book, I highly recommend that you don't just type in Dirty girl. Okay. I would imagine all kinds of things would come up in that case. Yeah, not the stuff you're looking for. So I would recommend typing in dirty girl Trubo or dirty girl detox book, and that'll get you there uh, to where you want to be. And then actually the free gift has chapter one of the book. If you're not sure, you can read chapter one. And that also gives you a quiz to see how toxic you are and a non-toxic guide to healthy living. So you can start to level up your environment so you're not so deluged and inundated with toxins.
0: And I would like to share my own take home from um, our discussion, and that is to really emphasize what you said is as a mother, as a woman, it's it's okay to take care of yourself, because what you're going to notice is that by taking care of yourself, you are absolutely taking care of the family that depends on you. And so you know, it's, it, it's a good thing. It's don't be afraid to, to take the steps to make your life better.
1: Yeah. I would even jump off that Sarah and say, it's not even okay. It's expected because your children won't learn how to take care of themselves. If you don't take care of yourself, they're going to learn to not take care of yourself. So it's almost like a demand that you take care of yourself so that your children can learn how to do that too. Cause they're going to do what they learn. Absolutely. Thank you again, Dr. Trubo,
0: Wendy. It was a pleasure and thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to follow us on the platforms that you like to listen to like Spotify or Apple podcast, and let's continue to grow up together. Thank you so much. Wow. I have chills. That was so good. I I love it because this is, um, it's such an important topic and, uh, I am, uh, very inspired by you and, and the work that you're doing. Keep, keep doing it. You're, you're Thank amazing. You. You're doing a great, uh, great service to your clients, to your community and, and now to our listeners. So I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. My pleasure, Sarah. I hope it's good for your listeners and thank good luck you. to you. Sounds like thank you're dipping you. your toe in. I am. I
0: am. It's and and I'm I'm older. So like just like you, I'm thinking to myself, you know, this I consider this my second mountain. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. So be, primarily because I get to meet some really cool people like you. So thanks oh, thank again.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Let me know when this when this airs and we'll put it out on our side too. I will definitely reach out for sure. Thank you. Awesome. Good luck Have to you. Have a great you. day. You me too. Happy holidays. Same.
0: Bye bye, Bye, Sarah. Thanks for listening to another episode of Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. If you enjoyed this episode and think the information shared here today could benefit someone else, take a screenshot of the episode and post to your Instagram story. Make sure you tag us at Growing Up with Dr. Sarah so we can spread the word about the show and continue to grow in our mission to support as many parents and families as possible. Hey, if you're interested in being a guest on the show or would like to suggest a topic, please visit www.growingupwithdrsarah.com contact. Thanks again for spending time with us today. Stay tuned for a brand new episode next week as we continue to grow up together.